Hello and welcome to Yes to Entrepreneurship podcast. The Yes to Entrepreneurship podcast is where you, the listener, gets to eavesdrop in on the conversations I'm having with fellow entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Ed Troxel, aka the guy who makes business and technology stupid easy for you. Whether you already have a business or are thinking about starting one, you are in the right place. Grab a pen, grab some paper, and get ready to take notes because you're about to get an inside look at the real conversations entrepreneurs are having. (laughs) Quick shout out to our sponsor, StupidEasy.com. StupidEasy.com is a new online course platform where you can easily upload and sell your online courses without having to be tech savvy and without them taking a cut of your sales. Discover more at StupidEasy.com and we'll have a link in the show notes for you. Okay, I'm so excited to talk to you today. I'm so glad that we got to meet up and we can talk all about entrepreneurship. (laughs) I am super stoked. So this is something that always comes up where it's like, when it comes to pricing, I'm just going to start right out of the gate with pricing. Go right ahead. (laughs) Dollar dollar bill. So number one, pricing drives me crazy because of the fact that as an entrepreneur, you have to create your own pricing. But number two, what drives me even more crazy, and I don't know if it's something wrong with me or just everyone else, but <laughs> I don't understand about these surprise invoices that people will do. They'll give you the service, and then all of a sudden there's this surprise invoice that you're kind of like, wait, what? Or you knew that there was one coming, but it was totally different than what you were expecting. Like. I don't know. Do you ever get that? Or have you ever had that situation happen to you? <laughs> I have been, you're going to love this. So I've been on the opposite end. I have been the one that's been sending the invoice and had to justify it. I was a former copywriter. So for over three years, I basically got paid to write sentences that sell. So inspire people to take action, whether it's slap a subscribe button or buy button. And the thing that would happen when I was still taking freelance clients was that they would keep on adding to the scope of the job or they would want like another phone call or additional rewrite. So I always made sure that my contracts were very, very detailed and close off so everybody knew. I would always meet with somebody first for 15 minutes just to make sure that I vibed with them and their audience and I could write in their voice because that's really important. And I would go over it and I would actually record our phone calls. And then when they'd be like, you said that it was gonna be this much and now it's that much, like what gives? Like, well, you changed the scope halfway through. You did not like any of that. You changed your offer. Your audience changed. And like, I had to rewrite your sales page. So that is how I have done with it on my end. But I think that if you can really just justify your work, and I would always ping them little emails and let them know when they would request changes or to add to it, like, this is how much it's going to cost. So at the stage of the game, when people are hiring copywriters, they tend to have been in business for a couple of years, they're not fresh out the gate. So they sort of know what's going on, but they still get a little antsy when they're paying like thousands of dollars for words. (laughs) Yes, and that's, you know, that's a great point when it comes to whether you're just starting out or if you've been in business for a long time, you need to check your contracts and you need to understand what is in there and that if you add things or change, which happens all the time, that you need to adjust that and the, the whole point there is communication. I, yeah, That's what it comes down to, right? It's just being open and talking about what is happening when it's happening and not after the facts. 
Definitely. Now, I have also been on the other end of that where I've totally changed the scope or asked them to do something extra and they didn't tell me and then I did get the invoice, but I chalked it up to either them being nervous or I like to say that you're the master of your own destiny. So I chalked it up to I didn't ask in that email, like, I would like you to do these additional pins because that's usually what I tend to outsource, that kind of stuff. And I didn't ask. And then when I got the bill, I'm like, well, this is what I get for asking. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, you know, it, you just, you never know, but it, that's why you have to keep that communication open. Yeah. And now when you started out, because we've known each other for a little while now and, yeah. and I know you were, if I remember correctly, you were in business before I was. was yeah. That, yeah. So <laughs> how did you get started and, and what was kind of like the challenges you faced? Okay, so <laughs> I have been, I might not know this, but I have actually been on the internet making money and building websites, mind you, since Netscape roamed the earth. So <laughs> dinosaurs, guys. I was the one that was making ones on GeoCity. So shout out to all my kids that, you know, were in high school in the 2000s. Yes. So like, I made like GeoCity sites. I did all of that. Um, ironically, after being a freelance writer, I can't spell very well, so I didn't really get into blogging. But I did do affiliate marketing, like the banner stuff, surveys for a while. I actually had a very successful business on eBay flipping things, and it was purses, which I'm so like <laughs> anti-stuff, but it was such good money, I can't lie. And so then I was like, yeah, I guess I should probably have a real job because my background story was that my parents, even though my mom now owns a business, back in the day, she was very like anti-sales, like anti-entrepreneur. Like she was just the sort of mom that wanted you like a safe job, go to college, you know, work yeah. nine to five, get health benefits. And so I always had those sort of dual parts of me that were like, no, sales is bad. You're taking people's money. But it just always sort of kept creeping back up. I'm like this is just who I am. So after I had my two children, so I had them 17 months apart, bought a house in between there, got married in between there, got fired from a job for having my first baby, which was legal at the time um, because I wasn't full-time. I was one wow. of those people that were like, you know, the 38-hour mark, so they didn't have to call you full-time. Yeah. They, so I was part-time, and so legally they didn't have to hold my position. And I was like, this is the universe just telling me, like, never go back to work ever again. So I was home with the kids for a while. I really got into like mindfulness and all of that. So I did a mindfulness blog for a little while. And it always just kind of coming back to sales and marketing. And so I was hanging out with a lot of other entrepreneurs and bloggers trying to like do their thing. And they would come at me with like these landing pages, which is a page that's you know specifically for like your freebie, technically a sales page is a landing page. Yeah. And things were just god awful. And I'm like, even though I can't spell for garbage, I can persuade and communicate like nobody's business. So I just sort of took it upon myself, just rewrite it. I was just like, oh, no, that's bad. And then people just gave me money. And I was like, this is awesome. So I dived into everything I could learn about copywriting. I actually went out and got a job as an apprentice with another copywriter, like just to make sure, even though I was still taking some of my own clients. And working with her is fantastic. I learned so much from her. And then at the very beginning of 2017, I was like, I am tired of writing for other people since that was just something that I could do well, but it didn't light my fire. I really love the strategy behind it, like the setting up the funnels and the sociological triggers and the coaching aspect. So I went into wholeheartedly just coaching, consulting and courses, 
that's where I'm at now. So I have one click funnels, the email planner guide, and we just launched a six week momentum group program. It's in pilot. I only took like a very few handfuls of the people because I wanted to make sure I like group coaching, but so far I love it. I can't lie. So that, in a nutshell, <laughs> that yeah. is my journey with entrepreneurship, fighting mindset battles, doing like every single thing under the sun and then landing on coaching and consulting and courses. I love that. And you know, and that's a, that's a lot to do, especially with the family. So how, how did you manage your time slash how do you manage your time? And on top of that, like, how did you make those shifts? Because those are some big shifts in your business without being completely (laughs) like draw, you know, going back to a nine to five. Yeah. Right. So I, when I knew that I didn't want to take any more freelancing copywriting clients at the beginning of January, I still had a couple of former clients that I would take little odd jobs here and there, but copywriters make a buttload of money. Like I will just straight up and say it because we make a buttload of money for our clients. So I knew that replacing that income would be a little bit trickier because I was, even though it's still like business stuff, it's just a completely different ballgame selling coaching and consulting versus like an actual, I consider it like a physical product of hanging over a sales page. Yeah. So I had to, you know, really talk to my husband about it and work on our financials to know if we were going to take a dip. So when I first started my business, when I was doing the freelance copywriting at the very beginning and I was still blogging at the time, I was home with my kids and my husband worked third shift. And then last April, he was able to stay home or just sort of like summertime jobs because I was making enough of that. So now he watches the kids primarily. I take them in the morning so they can have mommy and me time. And then from the afternoon until like dinner and then like a little bit afterwards is where I get all of my work done. But Google Calendar is my life, Ed. <laughs> Google, I love pen I and paper and I still have it, but I, like you, am a super creative. So I get really passionate about things and I sort of forget what's going on because <laughs> I get so in the zone. So I went with theming my day, this worked really well. And sort of breaking up like the first half of the day, I always work on my big project. And then the second half is always admin. So that's why if people have messaged me or email me, I don't get back to them until like two Eastern Standard Time because I just, I don't deal with that stuff until the afternoon. <laughs> Which is good though. I, I have been talking about that a lot with other entrepreneurs and I've been doing that for myself too, as you know, with the no social media in the mornings is really blocking out your time and putting dates like actual weekdays like are dedicated to XYZ and that's only thing you do. If you get other time to do it, great, but that's like that's your zone. You have to be in the zone for that. Definitely. I read the miracle morning by Hal um, is Efron. I always say his last name wrong. And I just, I love that book. <laughs> I think everybody read it. It's just, it's fantastic. Yeah, that, that is a good book. And you know, um, when it's so funny cause I, you, you hit a good point there that you communicated not only with your husband, but you also talked about the financing or the financial part of it. And checking out what you needed to do before you did it. And that's part of that exit strategy that I always tell people to plan, right? Yes, very now, smart. Given that you have a, a family, you know, cause for me, it's just, I'm just me. Uh, so given that you have the kids and the husband and everything, when you made that transition, were you nervous about the benefit, not having benefits? Like, cause I know that's <laughs> a big one for people working a nine to five and, and it's, it's right. I mean, you, you, everyone wants benefits, right? 
Yeah. Um, the biggest thing that was scary for us was health insurance. Now, I live in the United States, and at the time last year when my husband and I decided for him to stay home, we could get, like, that whole, like, Obamacare thing. So, like, the market was, like, very favorable, and so, like, I went there, and I also talked directly to insurance companies, and, like, you know, nobody could say, like, oh, there's a pre-existing condition, or they could not take us for age. Um, I don't know after what's going to happen in the government if that's always going to be the case, but it wasn't as much money as I had thought, but it was still a very, very scary amount. <laughs> yeah, so you did your research, in other words. Yeah to figure out if it was going to work or not. Yeah, and like I'm one of those people where everyone's like, oh, you give away like so much free content. Like what if people don't pay you? Like this isn't my only gig. I love doing a lot of different stuff. Like I'm one of those people that's like, I don't necessarily drive Uber, but I'm like if I had to drive Uber, I would. It's like I have other little side businesses, little side hustles. Like I'm just <laughs> addicted to running businesses and just I'm not precious about how I make my money. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing, you know, when you go out on your own, I mean, even if you're at a nine to five, you still should have another stream of income because these days yeah. you can't have one stream of income. It, if you do, that's very scary. At least for me, I've always feared that. <laughs> right, exactly. And so it's like, oh, but you don't really talk about this stuff publicly. It's like, well, no, because I don't think whether people care, but like, I never hide it. Like, yeah, I could make all of my money from my online business, but I get bored. <laughs> Well, and see, I would get bored. Yes, and that's what I think is uh, why we get along so well because we are <laughs> like that. Everyone's creative, but we are so like, I I want to do it because it's fun and it keeps me going and it gives me uh, energy and it just has all those ideas flowing floating around. Yeah. So two of the entrepreneurs that I really like is Gary Vaynerchuk, which I'm sure other people have mentioned on this show before, and Kat Latorzo. She's actually out of Australia. And what I love about Gary V is like he'll still stuff, like flip stuff from yard sales. Like he had that whole challenge. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like I totally do that. Or like even at the Dollar Tree, like you can't shut it off. I'm sure it's the same with you, Ed. Oh yeah. But like you see that they have stuff and you're just like, I could flip that for like six bucks. Like I will take all those five dollar bills because it's not like it takes that long to throw something on eBay. Yeah. Or to do like the retail espionage or, or oh yeah arbitrage I, arbitrage <laughs> if i found things that were on discount like extreme discount and people i knew people would buy it i'd be like who wants this because i'm about to sell it to you for at least 20 dollars more <laughs> <laughs> right exactly like the selfie stick and stuff oh like we could talk about that forever but it's just yes. like why not like i will i'm of the abundant mindset like it can all come this way <laughs> yeah well and you know what's funny is there was a post that i did recently about the uh 40 shower cap where yes. it's crazy. I forget her name, but she created this $40 shower cap. And, and I was at the dollar store the other day and there was a shower cap there above the sunscreen. And I was like, that's a dollar. This other one is 40. Like, how is that going to be so much difference? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's what's fantastic about that is she's targeting a very, very specific market. And I'm sure that, I mean, you probably don't care because you're a guy, but the shower cap that you probably looked at was probably ugly. And I know that she tries to make them like really pretty and like again, really speaking to your market and hustling. Cause I think it took her like five or six years to get it off the ground. My favorite entrepreneurial story ever, and I know that yes. we've talked about this, is the guy that was making over $10,000 a month selling potatoes with stuff <laughs> written on them in Sharpie. So anytime that I have people saying like, I'm not good enough, I don't know if this idea will fly, it's usually because their business is too close to their heart. But I'm like, a dude made $10,000 a month selling potatoes. And then he went around and flipped the business. So I don't know how much he got for the sale. I'll have to go check, but 
$10,000 a month baking potatoes. And isn't that crazy? And it's like, it's just yeah. nuts. And so how do you, because we have so many businesses and we have so many ideas, how do we you- We have a problem. Yeah, we do. Especially don't even get me started with the domain name purchasing. <laughs> like that's like a real thing. Has your bank called you and asked you if GoDaddy hacked you in? I, I have gotten better. I have limited myself to that, but you know, you get those ideas and you're like, I need to get a .com right now and it's only $12.99. I can do this. And if you get a coupon with name.com, because that's who I go through and I have a yeah. referral for them, it's, it's even cheaper. So it's like, why not? And then later on you have like 20 domain names <laughs> and chances are you're never going to use them. And stop looking at my browser history. <laughs> <laughs> the way that I do that, and I had to get better people. So I just, I don't want you like feeling bad about yourself or if you slip into old patterns, like I am right. a super ADD creative. I needed somebody to be on me to actually turn my stuff in on time <laughs> because I was very bad at meeting deadlines. But I just tried to think like, what am I doing in this particular business right now? And if I have that really great idea, sometimes I'll buy the domain name just so that nagging voice in the back of my head is gone. So for me, it's worth the $12.99 or the uh, name.com discount that Ed has for us, which will be a link in the show notes, <laughs> that I just know that it's there yeah. if I need it. So for me, it buys peace of mind, but I really just like try to stay really steady on the course. Um, I should plan out 90 days in advance. I don't. I'm more of like a month there. I do everything in two week sprints and it's just like, okay, you need That's to finish good, this though. first and yeah. then go on. Sometimes things like just sneak in there and I just have to do them. So I have like my one day of the week where it's just like, whatever, just go for it. But see, that's good. And I like that you point that out that they're little sprints because, you know, it goes back to that BSQ method that I talk about a lot, the think big, act small, move quickly. And um, what's nice about what you said is that it's, you're thinking big, you know, a lot of people say do the 90 day goal thing, which that can work for some people. And I'm sure it could work for me if I really could focus, but my mind isn't there. And so for me, that's, I know what the big goal is. I know that I want to, you know, launch stupid easy, or I wanted to launch, you know, yes, entrepreneurship.com um, and the podcast here and all that. So I knew what the big goal was, but to set the 90 day goal was almost a little too structured for me, if that makes sense. Yes. And this is why we're missed twins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for me, I had to just look at it is what am I doing today? What am I doing tomorrow? And maybe this week or maybe the next two weeks, like you said, a two week sprint because that's that's a big deal and um i there is a book called sprint uh i forget the author um but i have it in my library collection i'll post it later but um that talks about doing those sprints and they really are helpful because you have to organize yourself and you don't want to you know go too big because you're not gonna chances are you're not gonna it's like doing a new year's resolution you're gonna do it and then in two days you're gonna say oh i already broke it forget it and then you're done <laughs> Definitely. Well, that's why I give myself like that day just to like do whatever pops in my mind, because I think all of us, especially us being so creative, we have like those tool dueling heads that are going on where like you don't want an idea to get stale and you know that people can really capture your energy. So if I have one of those like downloads or like that inspiration, like from my gut where I'm just like, I have to do this. Those things always sell the best for the record. And it always seems to pop up on Fridays, but I will make sure <laughs> that it is something that has to do with like a live class. So it's like whether I'm selling live class or like I'm doing a webinar or like I'm running like a quick mini challenge in my Facebook group, like 
so that way it's not like anything where I'm like, oh my god, I need to do like this giant course on this and like eight videos and all of this. It's like, no, just try to break it down into like even a micro course, whether it's paid or not, where it's just like I'm just gonna do a webinar or like a really juicy like Facebook Live and then I can turn it into something. Right, right. And that's a, that's a big thing too, you know, talking about affiliates and marketing and pricing and all that comes into play with all these online courses and yep. how do you know what should be a course and what should just be a freemium of you know a, a free thing that you give away to your email list like how do you pick where you put your content and how far you develop it okay so I think <laughs> that when you're doing this if you're operating out of your zone of geekdom that's the thing that like you could talk about for, like a million gajillion hours people sort of think that you're like the jerk at the party that just don't like shut up like nobody cares about the <laughs> div builder ad move on yeah we want to talk about what's going on at house of cards that thing you could talk about so much there is never ever ever going to be like a lack of ideas that you have around it so when people tell me like oh you give away too much for free i'm like that's the tip of the iceberg guys <laughs> like there is so much more so you have to sort of think about where the information that you're sharing fits in like the overall journey that people are having so like you know blog posts are a lot like you know you see a lot of listicles out there like eight reasons to do this or five ways to do that or then you've got like the ones that are a little bit more silly like you know why no one is joining your email list well, from there, then you could have a freebie and give them like a little welcome sequence. And then you could offer them like a full course in email marketing because email marketing, it's a giant beast. And yes. there's a lot of, <laughs> of like, there's just so much things to cover that it's kind of hard. Like you kind of not do it as a course. Yeah. So the way that I always decide, I like to give away a little bit of the how. I know a lot of people are like, oh, do the what and the why, but that's just not my bag. Because I'm like, I've got so much more to give. But I make sure that it's towards the beginning of the journey. So they sort of get like those quick wins. And the thing with courses is that people don't necessarily tend to finish them. Yes. So even if you're like, oh my God, like I did this course, but then like I'm not getting these testimonials. So maybe next time around, you want to offer coaching or like even you create like a little like virtual coaching where it's like, oh guys, did you do this this week? Did you do that this week? And just being really active into people. Yeah. So give them a lot of quick wins. That was a roundabout answer. No, that but, was good. <laughs> uh, let me, I will rephrase this. So you need to give them a very specific victory. So yeah. I deal a lot with online coaches. And one of the things is they always have like a checklist, like the five steps I made to make five figures in five days. And then it's all like generic bullcrap, like talk to my community, <laughs> pitch an offer. Like everyone's gonna think you suck and they're gonna unsubscribe from your list and never hear from you again. But if you're solving a very specific problem, like things to say on a discovery call, when people say you're too expensive, like Ooh, now you've given yeah. them the scripts and people are gonna be like, oh my goodness, like, but then there's always, well, how do I get these people on the phone in the first place? How do I actually structure my packages? What do I deliver? How do I market this? So you solved a very specific problem but it leads to a million other questions. That's, you know, that's a great point. And the more specific you get, I find this all the time. We make it so complicated, but it's so easy is the more specific you get, it really does sell more. And, you know, just uh, as a great example, I just posted in a Facebook group for a promo promo day. Um, I was like, I was sitting there, I was like, man, what am I going to promote today? You know, cause I have so much and I'm like, I don't know. And so, then I decided to promote my um, 
my uh, tech recommendations. And that's a service that I offer people who are looking to upgrade their equipment or just have questions about what tech stuff they should be getting. And so what I did was I ended up posting that, you know, and I said something like, you know, looking to update your technology, question mark, let me hook you up. And the, the service is hook me up, uh, you know, for the tech recommendations. And somebody actually replied directly to it and said, I love this. And that is a great service to offer and something that is needed. And it blew me away. I was like, okay, even if I don't sell a service to anybody that day, that is gold right there. And that just made it worth it. <laughs> Yeah. I, I love those posts. I think what's really nice is that you actually got a comment and it's because you were so specific. It wasn't just like, you know, eight apps you need on your iPhone. Cause everyone's like, Oh, I can find that everywhere. So like the one that I do for a lot of those, I honestly promote either it's a $2 or $5 product where it's the weekly newsletter planner. So you don't have to worry, but what to email your list to 2019. And that always sells really well because it solves a very specific problem with a very specific question what do I email my list? It's got the time bound because they're like 2019, that's so far away. Right. <laughs> and like, there's a whole bunch of fun extra stuff that goes into it. So it's worth way more than, you know, the two or the $5. But to circle back actually to our very beginning about pricing, I think that pricing is actually a gift. And that's sort of the mindset shift that people need to make. If you want to 4,000 times X somebody's success rate to get the results, make them pay for it. Yeah. Like <laughs> make them pay because just look at your own inbox. Like how many free challenges and courses and PDFs and audios and podcasts have you listened to? And you've done nothing with, but if you're shelling out, you know, even something that's a little some for some people, $25, like you're going to at least read it once yeah. and then do the work. And then the more up you go, the more results you will get for people. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's so true. And, you know, tying the pricing with what we were just talking about with the, learning it's like there's so much to be said about being very specific being very small which is why i have designed stupid easy to be a bite-sized learning platform for people to post their courses and the whole point is to have it short and sweet not necessarily the course as a whole but each lesson so then that way you are learning one specific thing and moving on so you get that quick win and you move on to the next one. So you could have 50 lessons in one course, but they're going to be very specific and people are going to engage more and they're gonna love the content because they're actually understanding it and applying it versus you know, getting a course that has four course lessons in it that are 30 minutes each, you've lost people already. <laughs> that is so unbelievably true. So like there are some really like meaty, like $2,000 courses and the biggest regret that I was hearing from people and why I had my micro mini course replay is that they would actually feel bad about themselves because they spent $2,000. They're all excited. They thought it was going to change their lives. And then, like you said, they sort of like peter out by module three because all the videos are so long and there's so many handouts. So people think that they need to overstuff their course. Like, don't get me wrong. You want to make sure that you're explaining things well and handouts are always fantastic, but if you can get it in the point or someone can understand it, then just go for it. Don't think like, oh, do I need another lesson? 
if you're thinking, oh, do I need another lesson? Make it a bonus. Like right. my one click funnels has five bonuses. I probably could have made them a module themselves, but people love getting bonuses for free. So make it a bonus. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And so what do you, uh, what's a current struggle in your business when it comes to anything really a business related? <laughs> oh, there's so many <laughs> things. And anyone who says nothing is lying. Yeah. So <laughs> I have, <laughs> I have a big problem outsourcing. Oh my gosh, I, me too. I have a white knuckle grip. Uh, like Ed, we can do anything, but just yeah. because we can do anything doesn't mean we should. Like I just built my own membership site. Should I have done that? Probably not. <laughs> Does it look okay? I think it's super awesome, <laughs> but that's where like I have a very hard time. So where Ivan's trying to do it is not necessarily bringing on a virtual assistant to help me out, you know, full or part time, but to just start outsourcing little jobs. Like some of my media or podcast episodes, I will outsource to rev.com. So that way they can get transcribed and I can also make it into a blog post. Right. Sometimes I have some people in my group that are VAs or that could hook me up with like graphics. So like I'll hire them for like a one-off job. They're not necessarily happy about the one-off jobs, but since they know me, they will do it. The other thing I think everybody does is even though I have my days scheduled a lot, sometimes time gets away from me Yeah. because I get so in the zone. And so like, I'll forget like, oh, I was supposed to like email that influencer or, you know, pitch myself or something like that. So I do have like my four C's of the day. And I think that that's probably like my biggest issue is the white knuckle grip on outsourcing and purposely keeping my community small. I don't know if that's a problem or not, which is why I'm seeing like the funky eyebrow face. Yeah. I love having my Facebook group be under 200 people. And everyone keeps messaging me like, why is there so many little people in this group? Why doesn't anyone know about it? Because I haven't done anything to promote it because I like being able to know everyone in there and helping everyone in their business. And yeah. I was just straight up afraid that if I opened up the floodgates, I'd get like spammers and I wouldn't know everyone and it wouldn't work and it'd just become one of those groups. Yep. <laughs> but I realized like, Kate, you're kind of being a jerk face, not letting other people in. So no, we are going to start promoting the super friend seeker entrepreneurial layer. Yeah, no, it's actually a good thing um, to be cautious like that, especially when starting out, of course. But even with all these Facebook groups, even if you've been doing it for a long time, like being exclusive like that, one, makes you more desirable, right? Because if I can't get in, for whatever reason, I want to get in, whether it's good oh or not. <laughs> I reject so many people every single day. Yeah, so it's like, like... If I was a Vayner person, I would take a screenshot of how many like request referrals I actually get. But it's not like I'm selling, of course, I like how to grow your Facebook group. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, that's the cool thing about it is being exclusive like that and, you know, being mindful of who you bring in because it's your community and you want to still be able to engage with people the way you have been because once you overgrow outgrow that you um you do have a harder time connecting with them and and that changes things a lot yeah i need to just get over it yeah. <laughs> see you guys everyone has their flaws <laughs> well i will say yeah when it comes to outsourcing you know you know me i'm like oh here i, I have my va who is a good friend of mine and i'm thankful that i'm able to give things to her but i still have a problem of taking them right back and just doing it myself. <laughs> so it's one of those struggles where it's like, okay, I just need to just let it go and understand that it will be fine and it will be done. I just breathe, focus on something else. <laughs>
<laughs> right? I'm just like, uh. I know. And this is the worst part is that we know better. And I'm sure like in a year, like you flash forward and we'll be back on here again and we'll be like, yeah, outsource everything. Right. <laughs> hey, we're it, dumb. Yeah, it's so <laughs> true. Big groups are awesome. Eight <laughs> assistants are fantastic. <laughs> it's so true. And now <laughs> when you're working in your business and on your business, how are you also staying up on the trends and just the information? Because now well, I think we're both in that place where we, we filter out a lot of the noise to be focused. And so that way, which is part of why we don't talk as much because we're so which focused. Is sad. It is, you know, and, and that's the thing, you know, we'll talk too next about lonely sh loneliness because that's a real thing. And that's, that's an issue too. So I adopt, I was a ferocious reader. Like I love reading. I love books. I love knowledge. So yes. again, I had to make a, really strong effort in January, it was a New Year's resolution, that if I was going to read a book, I was going to have to read it 10 times before I read another one. Oh, and I did not if do that. The, if the book sucked in the first five minutes, I would delete it. And that has really helped me master the core topics that are really important to my business and to my students. Yeah. So have that have my you know 10 reads policy so i get everything in there because what ends up happening is since we love learning and we love creative we put in so much fuel into our fire that yeah. we get very sporadic and we could burn ourselves literally we could burn ourselves yeah. with all of our great ideas um i also narrowed it down to like one to two we'll say three-ish influencers that i follow and that is it that's a big one. um you know one that helps with my achilles heel which was like a little bit of that mindset woo woo stuff and she's also a super hustler so i love following her i mentioned her already with cat latours out she swears a lot just in case you guys go check her out she swears a lot so like i just follow like her stuff and then you know the big media thing like you know a copy blog or something like that you know my podcast player is looking a little sad i've got my friend's podcast and then like two marketing ones and I like Freakonomics Radio. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I've been focusing on, like people. When you niche down, guys, after being in business for a while, and you know what people think of you as, like people think of me, they right. think of email marketing, they think of ad, they think of technology and entrepreneurship. Yep. So I don't need to worry myself with latest Instagram trends or Facebook right. trends or, you know, outsourcing per se, even though I do know I should do it. And just like, it's my job to consume everything that has to do with email marketing and email marketing trends. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. And, and that's a big one. You know, even when I first started out narrowing down to the top three people I wanted to follow just on Periscope, you know, and, yep. and that's how I got so connected with Nicole Walters and being well known with her at the beginning as well, because I literally focused and just made sure that I showed up the minute I got the notification. Every time she went live, I made sure that I was on there too and that I wasn't just engaging with her, but more importantly, I was engaging with her audience and I wasn't selling myself, I was providing value and I was connecting with them and building a relationship so that every time I, she popped on, I popped on. So now she's like, well, who is this guy who keeps popping on my scopes, who's there all the time, who's also talking to my community and helping and engaging, like it made a big impact, which is why my followers blew up, which is why people know who I am, which is how, you know, we got connected because of the mm -hmm. fact that 
you know, I was able to engage with you on comments and things like that. And it was all possible because I made an a point to focus on one to three maybe influencers and really stand out on various platforms, you know, versus just being on Periscope. I was on her Periscope, I was on Facebook, I was on Twitter. I was making sure to follow up, not as a stalker, because you know, <laughs> there is a fine line. There uh, is, there is, guys. But when it comes to that, you really do have to pay attention and remember not to sell yourself. You're, yes. you're providing value, you're engaging not only with the, um, the person, but also their audience, because that's what makes you stand out better versus pick me, pick me. Yeah, I think that you're completely correct. So I, I have not been on Periscope in for a while, I'll be honest. So like 2015 and 2016, just like you said, like I showed up, I was helpful. I'm a little bit snarky and sarcastic. So I would make like <laughs> funny jokes and comments. Yeah. And, you know, back when glamour numbers mattered a lot, which they don't anymore. Like I was one of the first like real life people yeah. that like Chris Ducker followed. And like we were friends and like we chatted. And, you know, that's how I got Darren Rouse's from Pro Blogger on his radar i would show up every time anytime he talked about a link i would drop it in there i would always say hello i greet everybody and so just what you said just being helpful will really stand out and that's how you can build relationships yeah and that that's what i always tell people even before i started my own business again when i was even working at at my uh nine to five can they say hi yeah hi hi how are you (laughs) it's good to see you Who's the other one? Hi. Say hi. Hi. Right, can you guys say bye, Ed? Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right. Bye, babe. We're talking about connecting. Right. Building a relationship. And when, you know, when I used to work at the, the nine to five, working even at Apple, it was like, I wasn't about the numbers. And I, I told people that. I was like, you know, I will get to where it needs to be when it's right. Like the numbers will come later as long as I'm doing my job, which is really engaging with my customers and working with them to get them the right solution and it did it worked and that's how i became the number one salesperson on the sales floor because i did what was right and i was hanging out with the customers i say hanging out because that's what i do i just hang out with (laughs) customers my clients and build that relationship which is awesome because now they're not just a number they're they're a friend exactly and i always like to think about especially in sales positions where like you are kind of like a mini like entrepreneur in like your own space. That's why I think sales jobs are so great. And I have no problem. This is like one of my pet peeves. I have no problem if you guys are working a full-time job and just have a side hustle. And that's your whole ambition is just to have a hobby that pays you. I think that that's just a great idea. Like it's a great way to spend your time. I can't lie to you. Oh yeah. No. And that's no shame. No. No. And that's the thing I I tell people too. I have a a friend of mine who I've been mentoring and she still works a nine to five and, and it's fine. Like that is totally fine to work the nine to five. And what's great is now she's letting that be her income to help fund her side hustle that she wants to do, which is perfect. You get the best of both worlds and you get to have fun. And I've done that for years, you know, and, What's funny is I was talking to somebody else about this same thing, and I'm actually writing a blog post on this. What's great about this is it's something that I don't see a whole lot of people talking about. And what a good friend of mine was explaining that she doesn't hear enough about this is the the not so attractive side of entrepreneurship, right? Oh, it's ugly. (laughs) Yeah, because we all hear about how glamorous it is, how 
we get all these all this freedom and we get to set our own prices and we get to do whatever we want which is fine and it's great and if you love it you love it and if you hate it you hate it but at the end of the day there's still those times where you're like i don't know what the heck i'm doing i don't have benefits i just got an unexpected bill i don't know when i'm going to get paid next i don't know how much i'm going to get paid next and you're constantly, you know, and I, I grew up without having a ton of money. I mean, I, I was fine. I decent, but it wasn't like I was, my family was rich or anything. They worked hard and they made their money just to put food on the table. And I work hard just to have fun and be able to live a decent lifestyle. And for me, I'm always worried about money and I'm always like very cautious about how I spend my money. And so when I get those surprise bills, I'm like, ah, like, especially when you just got paid, right? Because somehow the universe always knows, always knows that you just got a paycheck and now here's a bill that you did not know was coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So like, there's like this whole thing. That's why I follow Kat, where it's like, you're not like subconsciously doing it to yourself, but like you almost sort of are. And I realized that that's what was happening with me in particular, the car for some strange reason, like this is how like weird it and woo woo it was the brakes would always go in my car when I make a large sum of money. And yes. like every couple of months, like it was quarterly to the point where the mechanic was just giving me brakes for free. It's like, <laughs> I didn't have to pay for the brakes anymore, but for some strange reason, something would always literally happen to put the brakes on it. I'm like, you got a sick sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> Universe, you got a sick sense of humor. But I think what's really great. And I just want to read back to what you guys said in here. If your nine to five isn't super horrible, like think of it as another source of revenue. Yeah. And that it is helping you fund your hobby because you do have that security. Cause honestly, like it takes, it gets, you have, it takes a couple of years. People lie to you. We'll be honest. It takes a couple of years to get to the point where you truly get that freedom. But the other side of that coin is when you are so passionate, like disproportionately passionate about the thing you chose to talk about and teach and the people you choose to help, you honestly find yourself working more and not realizing it. But you do have the luxury of just being like, oh, like my oldest is in preschool and they're having like a school day on next Thursday. I don't have to ask anyone's permission to go to that. Right. But there are some days still even now where I roll out of bed and I'm like, I kind of wish I had a job. Yeah. <laughs> And then I'm like, I sit back to myself and I breathe and was like, what's, you know, really going on here? And then either I'll journal it out or I'll talk to myself if I need to. And it all works out. And then I just go back to working my business. But no, it's, it's so <laughs> the struggle and is real, people. It, it is. The struggle and, is real. And, you know, it's great, <laughs> though. <laughs> right. So there's always trade-offs, just like any job, yeah. right? And oh, definitely. That's the big one. And, you know, loneliness. I know that because of the fact that there's those trade-offs, that also helps play a part in, you know, being uh, depressed and trying to pull yourself together at times and just go crazy. <laughs> like, how do you, how do you fight the, the loneliness? Cause you do have the family, but I'm sure there's those times where you still feel lonely. <laughs> oh, they don't, they don't help. Um, what I will say to that is what another thing that people don't tell you is that when you decide to birth a business, you will gain maternity weight. So <laughs> I, the more successful I got, the heavier I got. So because I was hustling all the time and I wasn't eating right and I would go to the gym for like two weeks and then like never go again and fall on off the wagon. So it's something that I'm trying to make a priority now. But I think that that's the issue when you sort of chain yourself to the desk. So for the entrepreneurial loneliness, that is 
at the beginning, I was like such a lone wolf. And I'm like, I don't need anybody. They're all just a bunch of pansies. Like, again, <laughs> that whole like straight A, I could do anything. I am the best fierce driven creative person that I am. And I was like, looking around, I'm like, none of my friends got it. They didn't think I was weird, but none of them were entrepreneurs. They all worked yep. nine to fives. You know, they were making like 50K and under, which again, I'm not shaking any sticks at, but like they weren't high earners. And I'm just like, nobody <laughs> like gets it. But then when you really start to open up your eyes and see what's around you, like I, you're gonna love this. Like I forgot, like my mom owns a business yes. and, <laughs> and I call him my uh, stepbrother, but really he's just one of my mom's friends. Like he owns a giant business. And I'm like, this like, it's a lot more around me than I think. I was yeah. very excited because I am from Rhode Island, which is the smallest state in the U.S. for international peoples. And it's a horrible place to set up shop for businesses right. because they tax the crap out of us. And I was so excited because one day I had signed up for a giveaway. I know we we're just talking about going on a media diet. And it was like the coach, the coaches like toolkit or something. And when I signed up for the giveaway, she's giving away a whole bunch of courses from different people. And I saw the address line on the bottom of the email it was Rhode Island and it was the next town oh. over. I sent her an email immediately. Nice. And we still get together like once a month for like coffee and just That's like perfect. chat. <laughs> and she's like, not to sound stalkerish, but I noticed that you happen to live in Warwick. Like, I live in the next town over in Coventry. We should hang. See, and so that's, that's been a really, really nice because, you know, we can just be honest and open and it was just, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I think Real that, yeah, I think that's great. And that, that now more than ever is important to be able to do your research and to see who you can connect with in your area that's offline because we all can connect online which helps but it's still not always a hundred percent the best because when you really can be in the same room with someone you know it, it it's different and yeah. i realized that not everyone has the opportunity to meet someone in their area especially if yeah. you're out in the boondocks but yeah. you know every little bit you can do to help and to pay attention to those little little tidbits there yeah, I have a friend, well, he's an interwebs friend, but we are still friends. And he was designing websites. And originally he was targeting other online entrepreneurs because, you know, he was in some Facebook groups. And it was just easy. The second he took his business offline and just went to a chamber of Congress meeting and to his local mom and pop shops, he made more money in March than he had all of last year. And he actually busted his revenue goal for the year. Oh. He's like, I can just go and watch cartoons. See. And he's had to hire all these people because we forget since we're in this bubble, especially like this online entrepreneurial, like coaching yes. sort of like blogger space, that there's a whole outside world that knows nothing about social media, that knows nothing about websites. And he's like, it's so easy to sell because it just is. <laughs> no one's what? talking to that. That's, yeah, that is a great- Go offline, thing. people. Go offline. <laughs> That is a great reminder and probably a good sign for me as well because I've known that I need to do that more, especially in my area, but I haven't done that and I don't know if it's because I've just been so focused on just creating that I don't want to get tied up too much in client work so that I can't create anymore, if that makes sense. I'm just, I'm that person where I want, I have these big businesses that need to be created and worked on, so I have just the right amount of flow maybe a little bit more could go, but just the right amount of flow of client work that it helps me keep everything moving. And so that's like the next step that I would have to do is go into town and do that. I say go into town like I'm out in the, in the booth, 
like stagecoach, you know, um, just drive downtown <laughs> and say, you know, like, hey, I'm here. This is what's happening. But um, yeah, it's important to really remember that there's a whole world out there that's not tech savvy, that's not on social media, that haven't even discovered Facebook groups yet or haven't yeah. discovered the power of Facebook groups, which is nuts to us because we're like, wait, Facebook groups are the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody knows like they'll get in one. But, like don't ever, especially if you are dipping your toe into the online space and you might feel like a little icky about it. Like, you know, there's a lot of like sleazy princes out there trying to steal yeah. people's money. Tell all of your family and friends in real life and don't just like blast your Facebook page. Right. But when like you actually talk to them, like talk to them, explain what you're doing because referrals can just drop out of the sky. Like yes. when I was still doing copywriting, my mom was talking to one of her students who she teaches Tai Chi. So these students are like 70 and my mom didn't really have a whole grasp on copywriting. She's like, Oh, she does like website stuff. And then like, I get a phone call about like doing website stuff from one of like the students, like sons. I'm just like, what? Or like I, the mechanic where I ended up getting the breaks. Like you just sort of talk to people like, Oh, like, what do you do? I always say online and stuff. Cause it's just easier right. than being like, I set up automated marketing funnels. <laughs> I use persuasion tactics. Like just like, I love uh, book yourself solid. That's one of those Ted readers. Yeah. And it's just like, if you had to explain it to like a five-year-old and an 80 year old, what would you say? Right. And so like you do a lot of stuff, but you could, You've got your tech line, like I make technology stupid easy. Right. And there's a billion ways you can go to that. Oh, do you do websites? Yeah, I could do websites. Oh no, like I can assess your business and what you need or tell you how to set up your computer. Like, Well, and that, that took forget. me a while, yeah, to narrow that down. Literally, you know, all of 2016, I was basically doing everything because I could yeah. and it was fun. But now <laughs> with 2017, I'm like, no, this has been like fine tuning you know, ever since getting yes to entrepreneurship.com and trademarking that and going with it, like everything has clicked. And yeah. I had to pause to give myself a breather to make sure it wasn't that shiny new object, but it was exactly what I needed to uh, have in order to put all the pieces together and just run with how passionate I am about business. And technology is just a factor of that, that goes hand in hand. And to be able to help people understand that they, they need to set up their business right and they need to incorporate technology in order to stay afloat like it just worked you know yeah it's so funny we will white knuckle our outsource stuff but we will totally buy new apps and gadgets yeah. to do stuff for us. Exactly. like yeah like i have my business is automated yeah <laughs> but like heaven forbid i pay like a person like 50 dollars a month to uh, right. make graphics for me i'd much rather use my templates in canva yep like can you look at yourself for a while <laughs> check yourself now, let me ask you, what is one piece of advice that you would give somebody who's just starting out? Okay, there's two. I'm a cheater. I love it. People. I love it. Do not get caught up in what you're passionate about. Because when I was trying to figure out if I really wanted to go into copywriting, for a while, I didn't have an answer to that question. And it was very, very frustrating. So I love Elizabeth Gilbert's approach and that's just what you're curious about so always go into this with a sense of curiosity like oh you know i really love fashion or you know i really love making people laugh or i really love using my iphone like i wonder what i could do with this like put on your white lab coat and just think 
the other thing, and this is so, so important. And people, even if they have that passion or curiosity, they stop there. They forget about the important other half. And that is you really need to get laser focused and crystal clear on the group of people that you are disproportionately passionate about helping and get as specific as you possibly can. Because sure, you like iPhone stuff, but who are you going to help? Are you going to help executives? Are you going to help businesses? Are you going to help old ladies? Are you going to help online entrepreneurs? All right, what kind of online entrepreneur? Do they have an Etsy shop? Are they fashion or lifestyle bloggers? Are they marketers? Are they service-based businesses? Because what people don't realize is that there's a huge difference between people that seemingly seem like the same person. So if you're like, oh, I help moms build businesses, that's not narrowed down enough at all. I'm not saying you could attract any mom, but is she a stay-at-home mom? Is she a nine-to-five mom? How old are her kids? Like, is she preschool? So now you need to talk about balancing like that mom guilt and making the kids watch Dora while you're doing like, okay, is it coaching or is it Etsy? Because there's just so many different things because now she needs to buy supplies. Now she needs to learn how to take pictures where a coach doesn't need to know how to do any of that. They need to know how to close deals on discovery calls. So that's really my two pieces of advice. Go with your curiosity and think, who could I help with this curiosity? Like document your stuff and don't think like, oh, like I don't know as much as like Tony Robbins or Gary Vaynerchuk or Ed, like Ed's so smart and I could <laughs> never ever talk about the things that he talks about. Just bring along people in the journey and always cite your sources. Like I still do that now. Like, oh, I yeah. read this and I got it from this person. It was fabulous, people. <laughs> fabulous. Yep. Well, yeah, and that, that's a great point. You know, I, I still have so much opportunity in my business and I think everyone does in their business, but uh, narrowing it down, it's constantly being more specific on who you serve. And you learn that by going through the motions. It's not easy all the time to have it right out of the gate. Some people, they just know because they just know they've done so much research they're so passionate about just this one little thing that it works but for a lot of us creatives we're not able to necessarily come out of the gate with just that specific thing because we want to do so many things and so narrowing it down is huge and really constantly fine-tuning it's just like i i do with my website and i tell people to do what their website is constantly look at it fine-tune it see what people are using, what they're not, how you can make it better, how to change the buttons, you know, the color to the, to the words and, you know, all that kinds of stuff. So I totally get it. That's, that's great advice. <laughs> I know it's something nobody wants to hear. They want to like find stuff like have a pop-up, use content yeah. upgrades, do a resource library, which is all stuff that like I talk about on my podcast, but that's what it really boils down to. And when I was a copywriter, that's the thing that I really had to pull teeth to get out of people because you want to help everybody yep. because you are personally passionate and you are coming from a place to serve, but you need to just start on that one person solving that one problem and then you'll be well known and then it's easier to branch off. So true. Thanks for tuning in to the Yes to Entrepreneurship podcast. To find out more about each episode, including links to the guests that I bring on to the show, be sure to check out the show notes. Also, don't forget to subscribe in iTunes and go ahead and leave us a review.